This is hour number three of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of honesty and rationality in the desert of insanity and deceit, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. In uh, just a little bit later on in this hour, I want to get into an expose rather lengthy one, as most exposés are, written by Business Insider on the issue of Donald Trump and the conservative media. I was uh, featured in that article, along with uh, your old buddy Glenn Beck and Charlie Sykes, a anti-Trump conservative talk show host from Wisconsin. Sean Hannity took a shot at me, which uh, I was very amused by, which I will discuss uh, along with um, the rest of that column coming up, uh, probably starting in the next segment. But Leah, before we get to that, I, I want to discuss a little bit about um, Donald Trump and his finances, because this really plays a, a large part in my view of who he is and why it is that I have been so adamant, one, that he will lose, and two, that he's not qualified to be president because he is a liberal con man. And you and I have talked many, many times, our differing opinions, and I respect your position, and I have tried very hard to come up with a way to rationalize supporting him, not that my support means anything. Uh, you know, after, I always say, say that uh, you know my wife is probably going to vote for him, although she's wavering now because of his immigration betrayal, and my co-host is going to fully support him, so... If I can't impact uh, my wife or my co-host, uh, you know, and even my daughter uh, is uh, saying good things about Donald Trump. So even though she's still a little bit, she's a little bit confused about, you know, whether or not Trump's a good guy or a bad guy. Is Trump a bad guy or a good guy? But I think she would probably vote for him because she really doesn't like Hillary because, you know. She wants to steal all my stuff. All right. But uh, anyway, the, the point here is that his finances, Leah, really infuriate me. Uh, And let me tell you why. The first element is how he is spending the money on his campaign. And we learned this week, I don't know if you heard about this, but we learned that he is spending not much money at all so far on the campaign. But a large percentage of what he is spending, he's spending it on his own companies and the companies of his children at exorbitant prices. In fact, he is charging the rent at the Trump Tower for the campaign headquarters four times, four times in July, what he charged in the spring before he won the nomination. Now, it is possible that they are getting some added benefit, although their staffing is actually less than it was then for some bizarre reason. But he is charging four times the amount of rent. He spent $55,000 last month on his own book with campaign money at retail prices, which, by the way, depending on who gets the royalties, might be illegal. Illegal. Right. Yeah. Now, now what bothers me about this, there's two things that bother me. One, where's the money on the Hillary ads? Because there's been nothing yet. And she is blanketing the country. Exactly. 
That's the main reason why she's winning in these in these swing states. See, people don't understand. They look at these national poll numbers and they go, "Oh, Trump's still in the ball game." It means so, nothing. It yeah. means nothing. It's all about the electoral college, and it's in the key states where she's been swapping him, just like they did to Romney. Although right. Romney at least fought back eventually. Trump's Why still- is he not spending money on ads? <sighs> Leah, you know. Why how- is he not being forced to spend money on well, ads? Oh, that's an even why better. That's a great his, question. But, but why let me- aren't his campaign people just uh, raising hell? Okay, but see, I still suspect. And the fact that I even have this suspicion is an indication enough that this guy is not trustworthy. I still suspect some way, somehow, he is keeping open the option of not repaying himself that lo- the not forgiving that loan that he gave the campaign. He gave the campaign in the primary by his totals about $50 million. Allegedly that has been forgiven and supposedly the campaign proved it after initially there wasn't any proof that that had ever happened. My gut tells me that there, he is still somehow keeping open the option that he repays himself that loan. I don't know but that. But he's got way more money than that. Why, why is he not spending it? I Well, that's a great question. I don't have an answer to that. But the fact that you're spending it at retail prices, maybe beyond retail prices, on your own companies and the companies of your children, if Hillary Clinton was doing that, conservatives would be going apoplectic over how scandalous that is, especially when you're claiming to be self-funding your campaign, which you're not doing. You're taking small money donations from average Americans who just want to make America great again. These are mostly not only not rich, many poor people scrounging for a few extra bucks. To he wanted send to take it. me to dinner, you know. I'm sorry? He wanted to take me to well, dinner. Yeah, he's sending, I'm, you're getting the same emails that I am, four or five emails a day begging for money with all these these, you know, tell, you know, come to New York and uh, have dinner and, you know, all if the, you donate, right. You, you get into a lottery and you might have, you know, dinner with Eric Trump or something. Now, you couldn't pay me to have dinner with Eric Trump. But anyway, <laughs> the, the point here is this, that he's not spending on the campaign, which makes me suspicious about that loan. He's spending it on his own businesses, which makes it possible he's profiting from the money that non-rich people are giving him. Right. He, we also learned that he's, his own companies have $650 million in debt, which is at least twice what he has claimed, which to me goes to a couple things. One, how rich is he really? And two, what is his view on debt, which he has given numerous indications he is all for spending tons of money, if he was ever president, and increasing the national debt, which is not exactly a conservative principle. At least it never used to be. The other aspect of this is, and this is never a story I've never told on the air because I didn't have all the details, but you might find this humorous. Hopefully our listeners would as well. Back in the 80s, my father was working in Boston at a place called the Boston Company. And he and a loan officer from the Boston Company had to meet with Donald Trump on a couple of different occasions, because Trump needed a loan to buy the boat that would become the Trump princess. Now, somehow part of this deal was also Trump buying Mar-a-Lago, which, of course, is his resort in Palm Beach, which he's exceedingly proud of. 
I spoke, when I visited my father a couple weeks ago on vacation, I went through the details of all this. And the reality is this. I I don't have time to get into all the details, but here's the reality. The only reason why my father approved the loan at all, because he hated Trump, was because his boss, who, by the way, would end up being later convicted on securities fraud, Uh was, was such a huge fan of celebrity and Trump's celebrity that he told my dad, you basically got to do this unless it's the worst idea in the history of the world. So they give Trump the loan to buy the boat. By the way, the fact that he needed a loan indicates right off the bat there's he's not who he says he is. Um, and then he gets Mar-a-Lago in the most bizarre set of circumstances. People, look up how Trump got Mar-a-Lago. Now, as a businessman, people might go, wow, that was genius. Basically, he was just an a-hole and got lucky. And he he got the he basically got Mar-a-Lago from the government at, at at bargain basement prices because he was a jackass, and even then he needed a loan. He never ends up fully paying back the loans, and then the real estate market tanks, and the Boston company ended up, according to my father, having to give Donald Trump. $500,000 a year, which he never paid back. And back then, $500,000 was fairly decent. It o- still is. Also, he could uphold his standard of living to create the appearance that nothing was wrong so that he could continue his fraud, his con. It's all a game of smoke and mirrors with Trump. If you have the celebrity and you have all the accoutrements of being a super rich guy, People will believe you're super rich. And then you become so big, my father used the phrase, he was too big to fail. We couldn't let him fail because he had his fingers in so much, so many things, so much real estate. We owed so much more. We had so many liabilities because of him. We needed to keep him afloat. So this guy, this is now the early 90s, not that long ago. He's having to be given half a million dollars a year so he can maintain the appearance of his lifestyle because it's a scam. It's a fraud. It's a con. He's not rich. I don't know what his neural net worth is. I have no idea. My father hasn't had contact with him since then, though I'm, to my knowledge. So, but the reality is there's nothing about him that is true. There's nothing real. There's nothing consistent with him being a super rich person. A super rich person doesn't need to take those kind of loans. They don't not pay the loans back. They don't need half million dollars a year to maintain the appearance of their lifestyle. They give money to charity, unlike Donald Trump, and they don't brag constantly about their wealth. This is the way real rich people work. Frauds do it the way Trump does. So do, 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 do you're not going to nothing I'm saying is ever going to change your mind. Nope. Not, but do you understand? <laughs> do you understand my frustration over over I, this okay. fraud? Listen, I just have to tell you, I don't know how you keep it up. I mean, like you are as angry right now talking about this as you were a year ago talking about this. Uh huh. Like how? Do you possibly you know why? I, look, you know why I'm, I'm angry? Give, you know why I'm why? angry? Why? Why? Here's why I'm angry. Because this is the guy who is going to allow Hillary Clinton to be president of the United States and choose the successor for Antonin Scalia. And she's probably going to be president 
for eight years, and there may never be another Republican president in my lifetime. All That's because right. all because we sold all that we had built for a couple of magic beans called Donald Trump, who never had a damn chance in hell in a rational world of beating her when numerous other far better, far more conservative candidates would have been crushing her right now. Crushing! That's why I'm angry. Okay. So the thing to do is to completely continue to destroy that person no, you know what? Like every every single day, like I don't I don't understand the thought process. Okay, you know what? I, I need to get to that conservative media expose because it directly relates to exactly what we're talking about. But when we come okay. back, I'm going to throw an analogy past you uh, that I'll be curious to see if it works. I doubt it, but it's going to give my my best shot to explain where I'm coming from on this. We'll do that when we return on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. John and Leah's show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And Leah, in the very, very short amount of time I have here, I want to throw an analogy past you that may or may not help explain my position on why I still express anger towards Donald Trump being the Republican nominee, why I still criticize him, with I think the premise of your inquiry being, aren't you helping Hillary Clinton uh, win? Um, The first thing I would say is, before I get to the analogy, is that was already decided. Hillary was going to win the moment that Donald Trump was the nominee. But here's the analogy. I know you're a big Alabama football fan. Alabama starts their season this week. They don't know for sure who their quarterback's going to be, right? That's right. Okay. Again. All right, right. Well, it's just happened before, and they've gotten they've, they've really harmed them because they Man. they've won national championships with, with quarterback <laughs> controversies in Alabama. But okay, so let's let's say that I, I was a talk show host covering Alabama sports, and whoever Nick Saban chose as the quarterback, I vehemently disagreed with. Thought it was a horrible decision. He goes with it, and let's say they lose to USC this coming week, and I continue to bash. Saban for picking the wrong quarterback, and I continue to bash that particular quarterback. Am I in any way, shape, or form impacting whether or not Alabama is going to win their their following games after losing to USC with the wrong quarterback? Okay. No. Okay. However, so the same thing you know, here. The same thing. No, in it's fact, not in like fact, you're talking to a closet, Ziggler. You're every day beating this. Right, but I have this beating st- it everywhere you go. I could. I hold on a second. There's a reason. The, the reason for that is because it's incredibly important that the proper narrative be set about what occurred here, so that we can recover from this catastrophe. That because if the if the wrong narrative is set which the, the, the Trump people like Sean Hannity are trying to do, then this really will be the Titanic, and there will be no recovery from it. And when we come back, I want to get into Sean Hannity's shot at me for uh, my stance on this and the conservative media and an interesting expose and Business Insider that's coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 
John Ziegler, my co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. If you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, among the many things you can find there are links to my most recent columns that I write now about three or four times a week for Mediaite. And you can also find an article by Business Insider, an expose, if you will, on the conservative media and their reaction to Donald Trump, a subject about which I have written many, many times over the last year, I believe rather presciently. And in that article, there are basically three people who are quoted. Charlie Sykes, a conservative anti-Trump talk show host from Wisconsin, Glenn Beck, Leah Brandon's old buddy, and me. And, of course, one of the, the main targets, if you will, in the in the article, Leah, is Sean Hannity. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but Sean Hannity has been just a little bit in the tank for Donald Trump for quite a while. And going back to the middle of the primaries, I think he was one of the main reasons that Trump was able to seal the deal. And in this article, I make some statements that are very critical of Hannity. And he comes at, comes back at me, which I'm perfectly fine with. I have absolutely no problem if I take a shot at you. Come at me with your best shot. Uh, but it's the way that he attacks me, Leah, that I thought was rather interesting and worthy. It was of funny. So here, here's, the, here's the, the important part of the article with regard to Hannity. They write, Hannity in particular has faced criticism from some colleagues in the conservative media sphere who alleged he has been too cozy with Trump. Ziegler, the conservative radio host, said there's, quote, no question a monetary element drove coverage overall. By the way, it's important to point out, Sean Hannity just had his contract renewed, which is not a coincidence. And he's been bragging about how great his ratings were during the uh, primary season. This has been his best year ever. Back to the article. Hannity, this is me being quoted, Hannity is desperate for every ratings crumb on Fox News Channel. It's all about ratings. Hannity is not particularly talented. He's not a smart guy. He used to be just a Republican talking talking points talk show host who happened to be in the right place at the right time. So he's very vulnerable at any time. He's not entertaining, so he constantly has to make sure his ratings are at the top of the Fox News primetime schedule. So when he started doing Trump material and his ratings go up, he benefited. Then the article goes on. Those who comprise the Trump-boosting wing of conservative media boldly defend their coverage and say their critics have them all wrong. Hannity fired back at Ziegler for suggesting his support of Trump was a ploy to score higher ratings. Quote, this is from Hannity. Now, Leah, you tell me where the where there might be a contradiction here. Yeah, there's a conflict <laughs> in the one sentence. Here's Hannity on Ziegler. Quote, I do not know him. There you go. I do not know him. Or care about him. Clearly, he is desperate for attention, as he seems incapable of keeping a job in this industry. And there you have it. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I do not know him. I don't care about him. Or care about him. 
He's desperate for attention. But he can't keep a job. But let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you about all the times he's been fired. This guy that I don't know anything about. Who or I care. Who, who I don't care about, who I've had on my television show twice, <laughs> who I've exchanged numerous emails over the years with. By the way, heated emails, because this is gonna surprise our listeners a lot, Lee, although it won't surprise you. I'm the same guy off the air that I am on the air. So if I've got a problem with Sean Hannity on the air, I'll tell Sean Hannity via email. <laughs> and, and I won't hold back because I don't give a crap uh, for better, for worse. So um, that was I, I've had a lot of people take shots at me, but that's pretty much the most obviously fraudulent uh, inherently contradictory uh, shot anyone's ever taken at me. Just to complete it, Hannity says he obviously knows nothing about me. Really? Now, how is that? First of all, that's that's ridiculous. I, I The problem, actually, is I know Sean Hannity exceedingly well. I know exactly what his motivations are. I know that he has no... And by the way, here's the proof. This is not new. This is not a new perspective I had on Sean Hannity. I don't know if you were here, if you remember, you oftentimes forget because it's at past your bedtime by this point. But I told the story of several years ago, I got into a really legitimately intense fight at a conservative conference with Hugh Hewitt over Sean Hannity because I referred to Sean Hannity as a ratings whore. And this was this was like back in 2007, 2008 territory. And it and was didn't all- he walk past you? Well, and no, you that, almost well, got into a blow. <laughs> no, no, that was that was at the Talkers Magazine conference this year. I I stared Hannity down, and he quickly <laughs> put his head down and moved on. I couldn't tell for a hundred percent whether it was because of me, but now I'm sure it was me because of his reaction uh, here. But the point here is, Hugh Hewitt was furious with me that I would call Sean Hannity a ratings whore, and my assessment of Sean Hannity almost a decade ago was dead on. And the reason I knew it was because we were in the middle of losing the Iraq war, something Hannity had obviously been a big supporter of. And all of a sudden, at critical points, he starts chasing after Natalie Holloway, the girl who got missing in Aruba. Now, why did that happen? From here. Right. Why did that happen? What happened? Because Greta Van Susteren was kicking his ass. In the ratings. In the yeah. ratings because she was all over Natalie Holloway. So what did Sean Hannity do? He abandoned the Iraq war because it sucked in the ratings. Trust me, I know. And went after Natalie Holloway. So that was my aha moment about what a fraud Sean Hannity was. And- hey, Zig, I hate to interrupt you, but for some reason, there are shootings at airports when we're on the air. Uh, there is a search going on underway right now at LAX. Um, there, it, there are reports of a shooting at, uh, at the airport. Witnesses say parts of the airport are being evacuated. Social media showing people fleeing. Uh, airport police are confirming the central terminal area is closed because of the police activity. Um, and this is uh, pretty much just, just breaking uh, minutes ago. And well, so I just well, that's, wanted to alert people. Well, thank you. I This is the first I've heard of it because, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were on the air, there was an alleged shooting at JFK in New York, New York mm-hmm. which it turned out to be completely, totally bogus. Correct. Um, and we kind of called that. I mean, there, it was clear that there was no evidence of it. I'm looking on Twitter right now. I'm not seeing anything on Twitter at all. What What is the evidence that, that 
that we have so far? I mean, the report of people fleeing the terminal yes. in LA. There are, LAX. there are police say, according to the Associated Press, police say a search is underway at the LAX airport and social media posts show people fleeing terminal. That's okay. what we have. Well, so far, that's even less than what we had to go on with regard to New York JFK. And I'm not saying we got the same situation going on in LAX. No, but- no, no, no. We have way more than JFK because airport police are confirming that, uh, that several things here. They're confirming a search is underway. They're that, confirming that doesn't, that that doesn't the- do anything. That doesn't mean anything. There was a search underway at JFK, too. Okay, go ahead. So there was right, a- no, but but they, the police wouldn't confirm anything from JFK. Uh, uh, they were like, well, sort of. Uh, they just wouldn't. They do say witnesses say parts of the airport are being evacuated. That's the same airport thing as police. JFK. There was an evacuation. People, I, I mean, the central I, terminal area is closed because of police thing, activity. Same thing that happened at JFK. I'm I mean, just. I'm reporting no, what is I'm not, going I'm on not in criticizing, case. I'm not <laughs> criticizing you for that, Leah. I'm, I'm just saying that so far, we we have nothing more than what happened two weeks ago at JFK, where there was supposedly, are there reports of actually someone hearing shots fired? Or yes, they're, but they're, they, we had reports out there, too. So there are reports of a shooting at LAX. It's just awfully weird. I'm not seeing anything on Twitter. It just and, broke. Um. So, all right, well, we have about 15 minutes left in the show, and we'll, we'll certainly keep an we'll eye on that. We'll follow it see what happens. Um, as a matter of fact, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break, and when we come back, maybe we'll have some more information on that. I'd like Perfect. to fi- finish this, uh, the relevant elements of this uh, expose on the conservative media uh, because they use my quote to finish this whole thing, which I think is worthy of mention. And then there's, uh, if we have time, some actual good news as college Colleges get back to uh, class this uh, particular week with regard to the issue of free speech, at least some very small good news, but worthy of mention. All that coming up next on the John and Leah show. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Tomorrow morning at freespeechbroadcasting.com, you can access the podcast for this particular show. By the way, uh, our um, podcast quality has been enhanced in the last uh, week or so, so check that out. Uh, All of the Uh, Podcasts are available at freespeechbroadcasting.com, but the podcast for this particular program will be available Monday morning. We are continuing to take a look at what may or may not be happening at LAX Airport here in Los Angeles. And this is either eerily similar to what occurred two weeks ago at JFK in New York, where it was all a big false alarm, or something really horrible is happening. And of course, you know, when you're in an either or situation, it's really difficult to comment. Right. Um, the, the story that I'm reading on NBC Los Angeles is rather benign. Headline police activity closes central terminal area at LAX. Central terminal at LAX is closed Sunday due to police activity, according to L.A. Airport Police. 
Police searched the airport after hearing reports of an active shooter. These reports were unconfirmed. The L.A. airport police posted on Twitter, the FAA is holding LAX-bound flights at departure airports west of and including Minnesota. There were no injuries, according to LAPD's Pacific Division. Although some of the reports you were telling me on the commercial break, Leah, sound a little bit more dire with regard to the the uh, amount of closings there and the and the uh, activity with regard to those who were in the terminal. What anything else you can tell us? Right. Uh, I have multiple calls were coming in for terminals one, five and seven. The LAPD says there are people possibly barricaded in bathrooms in terminal six. Um, and that's from Culver City 311. Uh, the L.A. County scanners uh, Twitter account says the shootings taking place at terminal eight. Um, they and, you know, just that they have uh, they're doing a ground stop just like they did in New York. Uh, yeah, the last time I, we were on, I, it's confusion it's, and chaos, though, being reported. So, yeah, well, now you were telling me, which I did not know, that the New York JFK story actually <laughs> originated with people reacting to Usain Bolt winning the gold medal. Is that right? Yes. Someone was watching it on a television and people were screaming and it was somehow mistaken for uh, some type of trauma situation. And so they called and reported shots fired. All right. Well, you know, my gut back then told me that that was nothing. I don't know what to make of this because, you know, two in a row at major airports to be nothing would seem to be odd. And it sounds like you're getting, you know, a little bit more dire information than what I'm seeing. I'm still not... Twitter is okay. Wait now. Twitter um, is not exploding over this. So to me, I'm until Twitter explodes, <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't really believe that that it's real. Though the VMAs are going on, so Twitter is dominated by the VMA awards. So, well, that's true. That's uh, true. So that's a big part of it. Did you, did you indicate that there was something else that you? Had well, just we seen? are. Well, I am getting. Um, on that same page, a red bar has just appeared that says, L.A. authorities say no significant incident at LAX <laughs> airport after shooting scare. <laughs> so for the second time in two weeks, we have basically... Around the same time. We have wasted uh, an enormous amount of time. Which, you know, the, the moral of the story, though, is here are two of the, probably the two biggest airports in the country. Yes. Or, or, you know, certainly in the top three. Uh, New York, JFK, and, and Los Angeles, LAX, shut down on a Sunday night in the summertime. Yes. For apparently nothing. Nothing. For nothing. Oh, goodness. Well, at least that's good news. All right. Uh, finishing up this Business Insider article, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com, you know, one of the things about this article that I found bizarre was that not only was I quoted quite a bit, I was quoted mostly accurately, which is highly unusual. <laughs> uh, but the article ends with me basically um, saying the following. Ziegler said he wanted to see the entire system torpedoed and rebuilt, meaning the conservative media system. Quote, I think the conservative media is the worst thing that's ever happened to the Republican Party on a national level, Ziegler said. Now, this is not Russia's fault. But if you look at the presidential elections before Rush Limbaugh became nationally syndicated, 
Republicans won five out of six. After, after Rush Limbaugh became nationally syndicated, Republicans will have lost five out of seven, assuming Trump loses in 2016. By the way, I count Bush as a win in 2000 because he won. All right. And I don't believe that there actually was a uh, there is no such thing as a national popular vote that Al Gore continues to claim that he won. That's not how it's done. It's an electoral college contest. But I digress. Ziegler said that if there is no price to pay for Trump's most enthusiastic backers in the conservative press, then, quote, it's over. Ziegler, quote, the conservative establishment that needs to be gotten rid of is the conservative media establishment. Sean Hannity needs to go. Bill O'Reilly needs to go. Sadly, and I'm a fan of Rush, so that's why I said sadly Rush Limbaugh needs to go. The talk show host concluded, here's what I'll be very disappointed in. If Trump does lose, as I'm confident he will, and let's say it's not super close, if he loses by a significant margin and Sean Hannity and people like him have not experienced some significant career pain, if not destruction, because of their role in all of this, then it's over. It's over. Because if there's no price to pay for conservative media elements having sold out to Donald Trump, then guess what? It's going to happen again and again and again. And if that doesn't happen, then I think we're done. It's over. And that's how the uh, article in Business Insider, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com, so, ends. So, yes, so you're saying all conservative media has to go? Well, my point there, and I'm not blaming Rush Limbaugh for, and we, we, I'm sure it's a point, I can detail why I believe there's some correlation. You know, correlation does not prove causation. Just because, you know, when Rush went on the air and Fox News Channel went on the air, Republicans started losing presidential elections more than they were winning them doesn't necessarily mean that that's the reason. I think that there is some causation there, but there's been so much talk about the establishment needing to go, right? I mean, that was what all the primaries was about. Oh, the evil GOP establishment. The real evil GOP establishment is the conservative media that's invested in us losing, or at the very least in us getting candidates that aren't good for winning, like Donald Trump. And this is something that, much like I mentioned with Sean Hannity in, in the fight with Hugh Hewitt, I've been... I've been trying to get the word out about this for years. In 2011, I put out a book proposal through a major a book agent, but I'm not a celebrity, so no one gave a crap, called A Business Not a Cause. And that was about how the conservative media was going to harm the chances of beating Barack Obama in 2012. Even I never dreamed it was going to be as bad as what happened in 2016. The conservative media is a business. It is disguised as a cause. It is not real. It is a fraud, which is, by the way, partially why it is so wedded to backing a guy like Donald Trump, because they're very similar, Trump and the conservative media. Very, very similar. And they're, they got a symbiotic relationship. They're good for each other and they're good for business, but they're not good for winning. And this is why Hillary Clinton is most likely going to be the next president of the United States. But so- that's only because the left is so good at demonizing everything so you're saying we need to give up everything that we have because it's going to be a target well we only have 30 seconds left of the show so, so, <laughs> okay to be but, continued but, but, exactly to be continued but the short the short answer is 
All I want is people in the conservative media who actually give a damn about winning as opposed to just getting ratings. But the business model is so broken in talk radio and on the internet and even on television now that there's no freedom to do that anymore. That's why it turned into a business. It turned into a racket because the business model got busted. By the way, I was I hope to get into the story involving the University of Chicago telling incoming students, hey, look, no safe spaces here. Fuck a I lot. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Maybe we'll get into that next, next week. week. Next week, because obviously it's Labor Day weekend. We will be back on the air next week. We'll talk about USC Alabama. That's going to be the John and Leah Bowl. Los Angeles <laughs> and Alabama. USC right. versus Alabama. We'll talk next week. Leah, have a good one. You too. Till then, so long, everybody. I'm John Ziegler.